The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to The Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Today I'm talking to Michael J. Chase, author of Am I Being Kind? How Asking One Simple Question Can Change Your Life and Your World. We talk about how kindness and how living from the heart plays an important part in healing our lives and our planet. Michael, thanks so much for talking with me today. What were the defining moments of your life that really led you to be such a proponent of kindness and empowerment? Oh, wow. Uh, one moment. That's a tough one. I, I mean, there's been so many, but I think, uh, because I have been asked this question many times, I, I, I think that a big part of it was um, losing my father. Uh, my father... Uh, he was not raised in a kind environment, and as a result, um, his parenting skills were less than kind. And so it just, you know, it has this ripple effect from a great-grandfather to my grandfather and then my dad. Um, and back in the year 2000, um, he um, and he's, he's someone that had struggled with depression and trauma from his past a lot. Um, he, he died by suicide. Mm. And... That, that really, um, I don't know that something about that, it, it both broke my heart and it opened it profoundly because after I was able to, uh, to grieve for a period of time, you know, I knew that if, if I just let this go and just chalked it up as just another tra- traumatic event in my life, you know what would what would that do for for my my father's legacy and 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 for me and my son and and you know everybody around me so i made a decision that i was going to uh seek out uh you know the so-called secrets to happiness and after digging through piles of books and going to the lectures and following the so-called gurus you know, it all came down to just the simplicity and the beauty of kindness. Then when you are kinder to yourself, others, and this planet, then not only do you feel phenomenal, but you're leaving your own legacy of the heart and making the world a better place. Well, and you've You've now spoken at events with those those gurus, Louise Hay, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer, those sorts of people. But how did you make the transition from being a student of empowerment to actually being a teacher of it? Uh, you know, it's funny because this was not the path that I had chosen. I, um, I graduated high school. Shortly after that, I, I found myself with a, a camera in my hand and I became a professional photographer which was just my love. It was my passion in so many ways. And I, and I never thought that a day would come that I would say, no, nah, I, I think it's time for me to do something different. And for 16 years, I was so blessed uh, to be um, self-employed and, and have my own photography studio. Um, but during that time period, I was also searching. And throughout that search, uh, you know, I decided in just a very spontaneous moment that, uh, okay, there's something bigger here than just, um, you know, 
than just a, a simple idea of being nicer to people. It's something that can literally change the world for the better. And so uh, I, I gave up my business. Um, you know, my family and friends, everybody was really concerned. They thought that I was just nuts to do this. And I said, I'm going to go teach the world how to be kinder. And I really didn't know what that meant. I didn't, I, it was just a, again, just a spontaneous, a dream, you know, this instant, you know, one of my favorite quotes by Emerson is, you know, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And after I made that decision, all these incredible things began to take place. You know, people would, um, would find me you know, online, because I had built a, you know, a very basic website. And then people would say, Oh, do you ever speak about this? And my greatest fear in life was public speaking. <laughs> uh, so truth. Yeah, I mean, it, it terrified me. So but when love is bigger than fear, love always wins. And my love for sharing this message was so big, that the fear just started to fall away. And I said, Okay, well, maybe I'll write a book about this. And, you know, I'd never written anything in my life. And I sat down. I'm like, wow, I, I actually, <laughs> I can write. And, <laughs> and it was exciting. And it felt so good to express myself that way. And it also became a huge therapy session for me. Writing a book was just, oh, I was able to release so many different things. And at the same time, offer things that I had hoped would help other people. Well, I had um, signed up to go to a uh, uh a lecture. It was a Hay House uh, presentation in Boston. And they were teaching you how to build your platform, basically. And if you have a, a message you want to share with the world, um, you know, they said, this is how you do it, the A to Z. And the president of Hay House was there. And, um, and uh, Cheryl Richardson, um, who was a, another wonderful author and speaker, and, and Louise Hay, who I just worshipped her. I just loved her work for so many years. And then there she was in front of me. And I was given a um, just this miraculous opportunity to step up in front of the room that day, share my message, share my work. And, you know, within a couple of days, Hay House is calling me and saying, we'd, we'd love to, because my book was just self-published at the time, we'd love to publish your book. And then it, it turned into me traveling with Louise and Wayne and and all these just incredible uh, people that I had admired and read their work for years. And so, uh, yeah, once you make wow. a decision, the universe does conspire to make it happen. Can and I can I can I tell you, I, I made yeah. the decision. This was back in 2011. I made the decision. I went to the Hay House conference, but mine was held in California. But, you know, no one offered to publish my book <laughs> or and, and Louise didn't ask me to speak with her so I'm loving that this happened for you this is everybody has their own path but you're right you know you, you have to put yourself out there and decide you know I'm going to do something so that's that's really fun that you went to the conference and all these great things happened yeah it was just it was one miracle I mean it was actually so profound that I I wrote about it in my first book am I being kind um, because that was just massive for me being able to go from being, you know, I mean, some local people knew me here in, in Maine and, and I had been fortunate to get on a, a radio show and I, and I did a, a, a television interview, um, but not much was happening. But then when a major publisher comes along and you're all of a sudden 
on tour with some of the biggest names out there and you're in front of thousands of people in, you know, throughout Canada and throughout the States, everything just shifted. And I just, yeah, I've just been so blessed. And it's not just that those big opportunities, as you know, when you choose this path, so many wonderful people come along and they just say, how can I help? What can I do to be a part of this kindness revolution? And there are just millions and millions out there that believe in us. Well, and I like the question in your book is, am I being kind? And I've found that people have stepped alongside and said, not only, um, you know, am I being kind, but they're, they're saying, how can I be kind to you? And they're asking that, you know, how can I help you? But with the question of am I being kind, how asking one simple question can change your life and your world, that's the title of your book, why is it so important that people ask that question? What happens when we begin asking that question, am I being kind? Well, I think that the first thing that it does is it drops you into the present moment. Um, and that's where the real magic of life takes place anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it shifts us also from our head to our heart. Because in our head, you know, we typically, we want to be right and we want to make other people wrong. And, and you know, and living in a time when there's so much anger and frustration and division, um, by asking that question, it it causes us to really look inward, you know, and because it forces us to, to, to look at ourselves and to answer that question. And then you can follow it with, you know, what's the kindest thing that I can do in this moment? And your heart will tell you the truth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there'll be this inner, and, and I swear to you, I really believe this is the greatest battle in, in humanity is the one between the head and the heart. Amen. You wow. know? Yes. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, we look at all these external wars and, and things and, you know, that are happening in the world, but the, the biggest battle, it's always between the head and the heart and, and whichever one wins is going to determine the quality of your life, the quality of your relationships, the quality of, of just, you know, life on this planet. So it's just vital that if, if we are willing to go there, ask that question, and then be honest, be truthful. And, and even if it hurts, you know, say, okay, am I being kind after you just, you know, said something to someone or, or even you, you had a thought, you know, just follow that up with, okay, is that a, is that a kind thought about myself or others? And if it's not, don't beat yourself up. Don't make yourself, you know, feel worse and say, oh no, it wasn't kind. You're a total jerk. <laughs> you know, that doesn't help yourself or anybody. You, you process it, you just look at it, you honor it, and then you just take a few deep breaths and say, okay, you know, what's the kindest thing I can do in this moment? And then you start to find answers. Um, but again, you know, it's just about staying in your heart and staying present with, with what is and finding the kindest um, answer. Is it easy? No, (laughs) Uh, I I have taught this work for eleven years now, and I still struggle. I I still find myself saying less than kind things when I turn on the news and I see certain behavior that I just I feel is so wrong. Um, You know, I mean, there are moments when yeah, I get cut off in in traffic, and I have a choice: do I respond or do I react? And responding is from the heart. And reacting is from the head. So I, it's, it's a constant, you know, teaching. It's, a, it's an endless way of life. And there is no magic formula. 
it's it's like anything. It takes practice and patience with yourself. Um, but within you know a short amount of time of just making kindness your intention, um, your life will just shift in ways that you you just can't even begin to imagine. Do you find that that's true for people who kind of live in their headspace? I mean, I kind of live in the heart space where, if anything, I, I end up being too emotional about things sometimes um, or sometimes not emotional enough. But I think that there are certain people who who um, are very analytical. They want to really think about where is my money going or how is this going to affect the rest of my day if I take time to do this? And they, they're, they're thinking and rethinking. So is it is it how much harder is it for those people to get to that place where they can begin to ask themselves, am I being kind, and then see transformation in that? Well, again, it's it's a it's a process that it, it takes uh, practice and repetition, and and it's not something that'll happen immediately. And what I often say to people is, it's it's just about changing the ratio. If say, for example, you're living, you know, seventy percent of the time from your head, and thirty percent from your heart, um, let's just shift that, you know, just a little bit. Let's let's say, you know, that that tomorrow you're going to work 31%, you know, from, from your heart. And we're going to keep building it till maybe you get to be this 50-50 person. Um, because it, it's like with anything, once we do it over and over and over again, and meditation is something that has been transformational uh, in, in my life and, and many of the people that I, I speak to as well, that, that, you know, to do, say, for example, a loving kindness meditation each day. Um, or, or whatever works. I mean, what does that look like? A loving kindness meditation? What might that practically look like for a person who's listening? So a loving kindness meditation um, is basically just, you know, sitting, getting quiet for just a matter of minutes and beginning by practicing kindness toward yourself. Meaning in, in your I mean, most people do this internally, but you can speak it out, out loud as well. And you just start by sending thoughts of love and kindness toward yourself. Like during this day, may I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be free from all mental, physical, and financial suffering. May I be free from drama, conflict, negativity. And may I be immersed in prosperity, positive energy, and peace. And so you start with yourself. And then maybe shift towards someone that you're very close to, someone that you love, um, for me, you know, it could be my mom. Like my mom is like, she's my hero in life. She's an earth angel. And so, um, if I know that she's not feeling well on a certain day, I'll sit and I'll bring my mom into my heart and, you know, I'll say during this day, may my mom be happy. May she be healthy. May she be free from suffering and so on. Um, the third person is basically finding someone that, you know, you don't really know. Maybe it's that kid that checked you out at the grocery store, or maybe it's someone that you just see walk by in the neighborhood, but you don't really know them. And just recognize that, you know, they're, they're a human being as well, and, and that they suffer and they struggle. And so you bring them in and start to wish for their health, their happiness and prosperity, and, and to just be free from the day-to-day -day suffering that we can experience. The fourth one is challenging because this is when you bring the most difficult person in your life into the meditation. 
it, it could be that in-law, it could be, uh, you know, uh, a colleague, it could be someone on social media that just drives you crazy, but you take that time and bring them in. And yes, again, this is very difficult, but it is one of the most healing things that you can do because one of the greatest enemies of the heart is resentment. And so we need to uh, be able to to forgive and make peace with the difficult people in our lives, because otherwise we cannot, you know, we cannot live a, a wholehearted, kind life if we are carrying hatred and resentment around. So you take that person and you say, you know, may this person be happy and healthy and so on. And then finally, the fifth piece of the meditation um, is to expand this out to everyone, all beings. It makes no difference who they are, what their faith or race, or I mean, because we're all one, you know, we are all just heartbeats and one universal heart. And you just expand that out. May all beings everywhere be happy. May they be healthy. May they be free from suffering. Practice that. If you practice that meditation daily, take 15 minutes of your life I, I'm telling you, it will transform your your heart, your head, your whole being, perhaps, at least in my own experience, more than anything that I've ever done as a um, as a practice in my life. Wow. And so that's when the ratio begins to shift. When you oh, go- big time. Hmm. Big time. You'll start to notice that you'll begin to look at people in different ways. You, you, you'll be less judgmental. You'll have more compassion in your heart. Um, and you'll just be free from the, the anxiety because when we judge people and when we look at others from an unkind perspective, it's, it's not really hurting them. It's hurting us. Right. It's just like resentment, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's, that's poison in your system. That's a cancer in you. It's not affecting them, yeah. especially if it's something that happened years and years ago and you're just holding on to this hatred um, that person's probably moved on with their life. And in many cases, these are people that have even passed away, but we still hold this grudge. So it's vital that we that we let go and we start to realize that we're all in this together. It makes no difference if you're Christian or Buddhist or Muslim or straight or gay or black or white. I mean, we are all sharing this planet together. You speak, Michael, to businesses and schools, so both adults and kids. Is there one group that really grabs on and can implement your message better than the other or that seems to need it more? Oh, give me a group of middle school or high school kids any day over adults. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love speaking to my adult audiences. You know, I really do. But it's much more challenging because... You know, the adult mind has been um, manipulated and conditioned and is and the ego is just so just like this heavy cinder block that, you know, it's so hard to break through. But kids are these I mean, they're sponges. And and I just find that they are um, especially like, again, middle school and high school. They're at this age where they're really confused and they're searching and they're trying to figure out who they are and their place in this world. Not to say that it, adults don't do this as well. I mean, I'm I'm going to be 50 this year, and I'm still, you know, what the heck am I doing on this planet? You know, trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out. But with kids, it is so incredibly rewarding. Um, and 
And I also, I see them as the ones that are more than likely going to have to clean up this huge mess that adults have created in the world, whether we look at it from a global perspective in our environment or or uh, politically or in a variety of ways. And we're seeing some unkind things happening. They have the power to change things. And so I absolutely love working with um, with these kids. And uh, yeah, it's 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 probably been the most rewarding work that I've done over the last, um, you know, last 10 years or so. Very cool. Michael, before we let you go, um, do you have a favorite kindness story that you could share with us about either a time that you were kind and how it made you feel or uh, a time when kindness showed up just when you needed it? Oh, wow. Um, gosh, that's a, that's a book. I mean, that is so- <laughs> well, you already have three books, so why not make it into another one, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There are just so many examples, um, you know, of the of the kindness that people have shown me. And um, and and yes, you know, I've gone out and I've done many random acts of kindness events. Um, and it's always the simple moments. You know, I, I remember going. Um, there's an event that I do called 24 Hours of Kindness, and the very first one. Um, was back in 2008. And one of the things that we were doing, it's a, it's a, it's a 24 hour marathon of kindness that you don't sleep, you don't take breaks. You're just out on the streets, hugging and helping and serving and going to shelters and, you know, feeding homeless people. And I remember going into, um, into this, uh, this shelter and people were, they were preparing meals and, and, um, and they were just, you know, individuals scattered around the room at the table, just waiting for the food to come out. And I had an armload full of uh, flowers, uh, a bunch of carnations that a, a florist had donated for the event. And I was walking around and just kind of passing them out to people that were waiting for their dinner. And I leaned down and there was this, this older woman um, who's sitting there by herself. And I, and I, and I, I said, Hey, how are you this evening? And, and she said, okay. And I, and I just extended the flower. And I said, this is for you. And she started to get, you know, emotional and you could see the tears well up in her eyes. And she said, no one has given me a flower. And like, I think it was like 10 years or something. And you know, what does a carnation cost? If you go to the store and buy one, it's like 50 cents. And you, and you know, and you start to see how it's these lit, but it really wasn't even about the, the, the flower itself. Yes, it's a, it's a beautiful universal symbol that we all are familiar with. It, it means that, you know, I care about you or it's, a, it's about sympathy. Flowers are just magic. But for her, it was being recognized, mm-hmm. just being noticed as, as a human being that was suffering, that was just trying to get her next meal and that someone would acknowledge her existence. And so when we do that, when we take the time to to just pause and and just power down our devices, look in people's eyes and recognize that, you know, they're just like you, that they're just they're just trying to get get through another day and and to be happy and healthy. And um, so, yeah, it's those little moments. Listening is one of the is one of the most powerful things that we can do for one another. And those are the other stories that when I just go out on the streets and if I meet someone that's living on the street and just listen to their story. I mean, that is one of the ultimate acts of kindness. So I encourage people to, to do that. Power down, open your heart, and get out there and, and start connecting like human beings again. 
Awesome. Michael, I, I am sure that you inspired many people. I know you inspired me to go out and really see someone today. So thank you for that. Thank you for talking with us today. Thank you very much. That was a conversation with Michael J. Chase. You can learn more about Michael by visiting michaeljchase.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. 